0: This podcast is brought to you by the Toronto School of Management's NCA Exam Prep Program. The TSM NCA Prep Program offers internationally trained lawyers courses taught by practicing lawyers in Canada, expertly designed study guides, exclusive networking opportunities with top Canadian law firms, and employability sessions, arming you with all the tools you need in order to hit the ground running in your pursuit to practicing law in Canada. To find out more about the program, you can email ncaprep.com at torontosom.ca Welcome to A Shot of Life, a podcast aimed at highlighting the personal journeys of professionals and entrepreneurs in Canada taking a snapshot of the person behind the professional title. I'm your host, Anton Haswell, and this is episode 13 of our National Committee on Accreditation Journey series. My 13th guest is Abhay Gautam. Abhay is a biotechnologist, a business graduate, and a lawyer. After completing his master's in biotechnology in 2007, he proceeded to graduate from Monash University in Australia in 2010 with a master's of business and a master's of international business in project management. In 2017, he earned his LLB degree from Guru Nanak Dev University, India. Abhay then moved to Canada in 2017 to pursue his goal of practicing law in Canada. He has passed the Ontario bar examinations, both barrister and solicitor, and is currently articling with Kangura and Bajaj LLP in Toronto, Ontario. Hi, Abe. Hi, Anton. Morning. How are you? Yeah, morning, morning. On a Sunday morning. Thank you uh, for agreeing to be on the podcast today.
1: Well, thank you for uh, inviting me in for this.
0: Yeah. No, it's been, um, it's been enlightening so far. And I know that your journey is um, another interesting one. So it'll be good to learn a little bit more about uh, everything and all the decisions and all the experiences that went into that. So I like to start the podcasts by asking, um, first of all, where are you from? Um, Where did you study law? And kind of a little bit of insight on what made you want to pursue law as a career. Right, well, I come
1: from India, I'm from uh, Punjab. Mm -hmm. And uh, in Punjab, I'm from a very small city known as Kapurthala, which is also known as city of palaces. Mm. And uh, the decision to choose to study law came pretty late in life. I had finished my master's in biotechnology and then that was in 2007. And then I decided to explore options and I decided to go and study business. So I went on to study masters of international business and then I did a masters of business specialization in project management from Monash University in Australia. Mm -hmm. And I graduated in 2010 and I started to work And I was in Australia from 2010 to 2012, working with Kohl's supermarkets, which Mm -hmm. is kind of the Walmart of uh, Australia. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then I decided to move back to India. In 2012, I moved back and I started with an educational consultation company. Mm -hmm. And I was looking after the Australia division of them and eventually i started to uh, i i began working with the university of melbourne and it was at that point of time it crossed my mind that i should uh, pursue law and in 2014 i started my llb degree and one of the reasons that i started pursuing law was that i wanted to be to gain professional independence. You know, I was like law was my uh, venue for being professionally independent from being out of a job cycle. Mm -hmm. That was one of the motivational factors for me to pursue law. And uh, another reason why I decided to pursue law was that my, uh, you know, in our family, we've been practicing law and we've been uh, serving justice ever since 1900. So my great-grandfathers, my grandfather, my father, everyone uh, around in the family are uh, lawyers, and we we have a few judges, you know. And we had a chief justice also from the family. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, another factor that okay, I should uh, you know carry forward the family legacy. And that's when I decided to pursue law, and I started in 2014. And wow. when I graduated in
0: 2017. Cool, and what law school did you go to?
1: I went to Guru Nanak Dev University, and the main campus is in Amritsar. It is one of the most reputed and uh, one of the oldest educational institutions. in. I, I just will not say Punjab, but I would say in, uh, in India especially Mm. in Northern India. And I went to a regional campus in uh, Jalandhar.
0: Have you met, um, uh, and we'll learn about your journey to Canada, but now that you're here, have you met others who have attended the same university or from the same area? What's that like?
1: Well, I did meet a lot of law graduates over here in Canada Mm -hmm. who happened to be uh, law graduates of either Guru Nanak Dev University, main campus, Amritsar, or, of other universities like punjab university you know and other uh, regional universities in north india and i also did happen to meet a lot of graduates from uh, several other law schools in india as well
0: mm, yeah yeah, no, I, I know there's there's definitely a lot of professionals who even spend, you know, like a decade practicing in India who then choose to come to Canada for, you know, a variety of reasons. So it's just curious to, to learn a little bit more. So, so let's get into that then. You're in India. Um, you finish your law degree in 2017. What brought you to Canada? What, What, <laughs> like... I mean, you lived in Australia. Was there any thought to go to Australia again, or um, yeah? What, just sort of? Can you give us some insights on on your decision? Sure.
1: Well, uh, you know, it was always a choice. Uh, you know, between Australia and Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I won't be you know I, I i would be lying if i say that i never really considered going back to australia i always wanted to go back to australia mm-hmm. and it's it's a beautiful country you know the weather is uh very <laughs> pleasant and having spent and uh, having done the spade work over there
2: mm-hmm.
1: i was very keen to move to australia however uh you know given the circumstances that i was uh going to move along with the family moving to australia was a little difficult in terms of immigration laws and rules you know mm. uh, the uh, the threshold to meet the entry requirements were fairly high and it was also going to be a time consuming process and it was at that point of time i started considering other options and canada came Right amongst the top, mm-hmm. at one point I did consider moving to Netherlands as well, given the quality of life over there. Yeah. But then you know, like I, I was uh, a bit deterred by uh, the language barrier over there. Right. So then Canada came right on top. That okay, you know why not consider Canada? And this is this is my first time traveling towards this side of the world and uh, when i when i looked up at, at the immigration rules and uh, you know the threshold entry requirements to be met mm-hmm. i found them that they were relatively relaxed and easy and uh yeah like i would say that i graduated in uh, july 2017 from law school and in november 2017 i was in uh Canada. And it literally took about two and a half months for my entire family, which comprises me, my wife and two kids to Mm -hmm. get our PRs. And yeah, like November 14th, 2017, to be precise, I was in uh, Toronto.
0: Did you give much, I guess what I'm, what I'm gleaning from that is that once you finished law school in India, it was pretty much a done deal that you were going to go somewhere else. Like did you have any, like you said, your family's like a centuries long history of practicing law in pretty um, prestigious and influential positions. Did you ever think maybe that you wanted to continue that tradition in India or did you always know that you wanted to kind of spread your wings and, and move?
1: Well, I, I am ambitious and I always wanted to spread my wings and move. Mm-hmm. But again, I did at one point of time, consider the thought of, uh, joining my dad's practice. But however, my father wasn't too, you know, keen for either me or my brother to join his practice
2: mm-hmm.
1: primarily because, uh, you know, it's, it's a small city and, uh, you know, and, uh, my my dad was like that, okay, you've had international education, you have had international experience, you've lived overseas. So mm-hmm. why don't you consider that? And uh, also considering the factor of uh, the quality of life, which Canada has to offer, mm-hmm. you know, that, that made me lean more towards uh, spreading out and uh, exploring new, newer options. So, you know, it, it finally was, uh, Canada versus Kapoorthala mm-hmm. and, uh, that's, that's when I decided that, okay, you know, I want to raise my family in an environment which is safe, secure, clean. And, you know, which kind of provides us a better lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So that That is the reason that uh, I then decided that, okay, I'm going to, uh, move to Canada and, uh, aim to practice law over there and continue the family legacy here
0: right well and it's so far so good right you had different experiences in working in Canada when you first got here and now you're articling and so let's get into the NCA Um, you come to Canada uh, November 14th 2017 and did you think you were going to be practicing law in Canada, or was it first and foremost, let's just explore and see what other industries or what other jobs, or did you, did you always know that you were going to pursue law? And if that's the case, or when you made the decision to pursue law as a career in Canada, what was your first experience with the NCA? How did you learn about it? How did you, you know, navigate accreditation?
1: All right. Well, I was I was very clear uh, from the day I landed in Canada that I am going to be a lawyer over here, mm-hmm. and I'm going to practice law. However, given my considerate experience in the international education industry, I decided that okay, I'm going to look for work in the same field, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, to start working, start earning, and simultaneously pursue law. Yes. So. Uh, when when I came here, uh, I, I had a few job offers and then I briefly went to Vancouver for about five weeks and uh, I came back to Toronto at the start of Jan 2018 mm-hmm. and I started working with an educational institution and uh, simultaneously I started uh, looking at options as to how to be a lawyer in Canada. And that's when I learned about NCA exams. Mm-hmm. And I commenced my application for NCA assessment, which took a fair while, I would say about maybe close to 12 weeks for the assessment uh, results to come in. Mm-hmm. And April 2017 is when I started giving a serious thought to the NCA exams. That is the time when my assessment results had come in and I started planning for my NCA exams. And in terms of finding about the NCA exams, my primary source was Google, you know, like I Mm -hmm. just Googled up how how do I go on to be a lawyer in Canada? And the first thing that it led to me was NCA and I started reading about that. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, you know, I got into the assessment and then the exams.
0: Interesting. Okay. So I think that that's pretty, I think everybody listening, it's a pretty familiar route to exploring what exactly is the NCA it's Google, right? (laughs) That's what you do first. Um, And so how did you, like, I'm always interested in these chats to get your insight on preparing um, a little bit of advice that you might have, but also things to be careful about um, when, Because, I mean, there's a lot of people out there now, especially now the industry is getting a little bit crowded in terms of preparation, um, materials for sale, uh, you know, tutors, quote unquote tutors who are who are offering services for money. So I'm interested in, you know, maybe you could give some advice to somebody who's listening who, you know, maybe from India as well and maybe just navigating this journey um, from the start.
1: Right. Uh. In in terms of preparation, my advice to all the aspiring candidates is that start early. Mm-hmm. Plan. You know. Uh. Plan. Start planning. Early. Don't wait it. Uh. Don't wait till the last minute. You know. You you know that NCA is uh, is something that you would have to uh, overcome in order to fulfill your journey to be a lawyer over here. Mm-hmm. So give give it time, give it space. And, uh, uh, you know, like, usually, uh, the assessment period is about it takes anywhere between uh, eight to 12 weeks for the assessments to come mm-hmm. through. Now, given that it is COVID-19, you know, everything is kind of delayed. So I, I really don't know how much uh, time NCA uh, evaluations are coming in, but mm-hmm. instead of, uh, you know, after applying, instead of waiting for those three months, it is better that you start focusing on at least the five uh, basic subjects,
0: mm-hmm. which are
1: mandatory and, uh, start preparing for them because you know, NCA exams, uh, like the assessments could vary for, uh, from anywhere from five to about 15 subjects, depending on which law school in the world you have gone to. Mm-hmm. But at least one thing is for sure that there are five uh, basic subjects that every candidate gets assessed with. Mm-hmm. And uh, after after you have uh, submitted your papers for assessment, rather than waiting for the assessment results to come in and then start preparing. I, I recommend all the candidates that utilize that gap period from the time of applying till the time of the assessment results to start preparing for your basic subjects, which is, you know, constitutional law, administrative law, professional responsibility. Mm -hmm. And uh, then there is uh, criminal law and, uh, uh, you know, administrative. Yeah. So so it's, it's uh, that time can be better spent learning rather than procrastinating
0: waiting Yeah.
1: Yeah. So That And uh, in in terms of your question regarding uh, my preparation, I started preparing with a set of notes, which, Mm -hmm. you know, were handed over to me, I kind of start, I kind of started looking around, there were tutors, there were, uh, you know, private tutors, classes, and all that information was kind of bit overwhelming. And also, you know i also had to keep the financials of it in my mind Mm -hmm. so what i i i had a few friends and i had uh, you know a few acquaintances who offered to help and they provided me with a set of notes and uh, those set of notes varied in quality you know some of them were extremely good and some of them were very confusing so it was a kind of a hit and miss for me As a matter of fact, I still remember I was on a business trip to Bangladesh. I started preparing for a subject and uh, I realized that I was reading from the wrong notes Mm -hmm. and uh, I had to reach out to someone in Canada who was uh, generous enough to provide me the right set of notes, which Mm -hmm. again I had to request. Another friend of mine in Bangladesh to get them printed for me. Right. So yeah, I I had been through a few hoops mm-hmm. like that. So it is it is really important that you have the right set of notes, the right uh, amount of support, and also the right textbooks. So you know, uh, NCS levels could be daunting mm-hmm. because uh, there, there there's a lot to read and. Uh, with the prescribed textbooks if you start reading from from the prescribed textbooks it's too much of information to soak in mm-hmm. so usually what works for nca exams is that you have a good set of uh, legit notes mm-hmm. which are you know credible and uh, yeah like that, that that is my advice to the candidates who are planning to write the NC exams, that get yourself a good set of notes Mm -hmm. that you could prepare from. Ensure that your notes, they are up to date and they match the recommended syllabus. Mm -hmm. And uh, do get uh, books, Just in case, if you need to substantiate your understanding of the subject.
0: Mm -hmm. That's good advice. Yeah. So, I mean, I wonder you have a goal of practicing law in Canada, and that comes as soon as you land in Canada. You have that goal, but then you look into the NCA, and I'm always curious about how people view their long term. Goals. So your long-term goal here is to practice law. The short-term one is to pass the NCA exams, right? Because um, nothing can happen until that's done. But how did you keep the long-term goal? Did you do any networking? Were you, did you have one eye sort of on the long-term of trying to get a job? Or was it just 100% focus on the exams?
1: Well, it, it, it was, uh, you know, I kind of planned everything one step at a time. Mm-hmm. So, but in that one step at a time, everything else also happened. So when when you say networking, when I, I, when I went into my first NCA exam, mm-hmm. which was professional responsibility, I got out of the exam hall. I met a few people over there. We exchanged numbers and, uh, you know, at that very moment over there i started a whatsapp group called nca exam aspirants so i started with uh, you know like i i met about 4 to 5 people i had their numbers i told them that, that okay you know let's connect over whatsapp mm-hmm. i started the nca exam prep group and uh, You know, when I added those four people in, I made them admins as well, and I I said to them, "I said, you know what? This is. uh, I set a certain ground rules that okay, this is this the aim of the group, Mm -hmm. and uh, I am making you admins so that you further add on people. And that one step, it grew up into a group of more than 150 odd people. Mm -hmm. It is still active, and uh, you know, people." in the group still try to help each other Mm -hmm. and uh, that little effort of mine I saw the results in that and I was you know I've and I I I would say that I that helped me as well in the upcoming uh, exams you know I that that was the first one after which I started and I had still four more to go Mm -hmm. and I found a lot of help in that group
0: I think that's maybe we can include the link to that WhatsApp group in the description of this podcast so that people who are listening who might benefit from that as well can can join that group that sounds great sure,
1: sure i am happy to share the uh, link with you and uh, you know i'm uh, it'll uh it it'll, it'll be a moment of pride for me to see that group grow further Mm -hmm. and you know and if I am able to help people in the group I'll be more than glad to do so
0: yeah great so um, we've talked a lot about the NCA exams and I think those insights are good Um, can you just touch really briefly on the bar exams in Ontario because I I think um, they're a whole other beast aren't they (laughs) they're they're like the NCA exams you know they're open book, and you know from what I hear anecdotally from a lot of people, they're telling me that they're a little bit more manageable. The bar exams are really tricky, so I wonder if you could just touch really briefly on that.
1: Sure. I mean, uh, you know, if if you were to compare NCA exams with the bar exam, it would be like comparing apples with oranges. <laughs>
2: but
1: but let me tell you that. Uh, You know, one of them is not sweet. Whether you you call uh, bar exams orange or apple, but it certainly is not sweet. (laughs) I mean, it's 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 a very it's a very different ball game altogether. Mm. So uh, when when you start studying for the NCA, if you if you dedicate about a week's time to each subject, and if you have the right set of notes you are good to uh, go for the exam mm-hmm. uh, and and it is an open book exam I, however you know it's uh, it's uh, it's it's a substantive exam it's not an objective exam mm-hmm. so and there's no uh, definite right or wrong answer to the nca exams so you know it, it's all about your understanding of the concept and your explanation of it mm-hmm. however when you look at the bar exam it's a really high pressure situation. The online version of it now, which uh, the Law Society of Ontario adapted to after COVID-19 is uh, very different from the exam that I took, which was paper-based exam. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bar exam, both the barrister and solicitor exam is actually exhausting. You know, you are in the mm-hmm. exam hall for almost seven hours. And if you, if you, look, at, if you look at the day, of a paper-based exam, Mm -hmm. the day starts probably at 6 Mm a.m. and only to end at about 7 p.m. And uh, imagine, you know, like uh, from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. or more, you know, being under an extremely high pressure situation. Mm. And the effects of it is that it takes a few days after the bar exam to unwind. And and the material for the bar exam is extremely dense. You have almost about 1,000 pages of reading for the barrister's exam, and about 1,200 pages for the solicitor exam. And uh, the exam strategy is very different. The bar exams are purely objective, Mm -hmm. and the answer choices are so close to each other that when you read the question and you look at the answer options, pretty much every everything seems to be you know Plausible. the right answer. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's about looking up that answer in that amount of time to go back to your material, cross refer, and make sure that you know uh, you are choosing the right answer. Mm-hmm. So so that way bar exam is very diff- uh, different from the NCA exams
0: interesting. and when yeah. you
1: said they are beast <laughs> and actually they they are you know as compared to the yeah NCAAs.
0: yeah well I think that's important for people to keep in mind you know it's their exam journey is not completed once they complete the NCA exams it's in some ways it just begins <laughs> um, oh I would say so yeah yeah so I mean, we—you've provided a lot of really good insight on the exams and stuff. So, I mean, I, I've heard from other internationally trained lawyers that, in some ways, the exams is part one of your journey to becoming a lawyer in Canada. Once you complete them, you—you you have a huge sense of accomplishment, right? That you've—you've you've managed to pass all of the exa- these exams and um, you receive your certificate of qualification. Um, but then. I think a lot of people start to think, now what? You know Because their whole life, or well, not their whole, but for the last, say, year or two years, has been focused on exams, getting through exams. But now that you've completed them, you now need to look for work. <laughs> um, how did you find that process?
1: Well, uh, for me, uh, even after the exams, uh, the last hurdle to... Uh, past is articling
2: Mm -hmm.
1: a lot of international lawyers who have practiced law they they you know they seek exemption from the articling however there are a few that choose to pursue articling because that gives articling gives you a taste of the canadian legal landscape Mm -hmm. some lawyers you know like with the significant experience back home Like I I have met lawyers who've had about 10 years, 15 years practicing in Supreme courts. They, they chose exemption and they started uh, practicing straight away after, you know, uh, getting their call to the bar. However, there are a few uh, other lawyers who I know, you know, with significant experience, they still chose to do articling because they wanted to be very sure before Mm -hmm. they make the leap, you know, to start their own practices. In my case, Yes, I did uh, graduate from law school, as I told you in 2017. Mm -hmm. But then I again, moved straight to Canada in November 2017. And I really didn't get much opportunity to practice with my dad. Mm -hmm. So I had to undergo an articling. And uh, finding articling could be challenging. But I would say luck was on my side. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I was uh, like, my I have a very interesting story to tell how Mm -hmm. I found my articling. So, you know, uh, when I started preparing for the uh, bar exams that that was when I decided to quit my job and Mm -hmm. uh, started studying full time. And uh, to sustain and uh, to manage my household, I was driving Uber part time. And it was uh, during uh, one of those evenings. that I happened to drive a gentleman, and we started chatting. And uh, you know, during our conversation, I brought to him that I am a law student and I'm the I'm preparing for my bar exams. And next step is to look for my R.D. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said to me that oh, his friend is a lawyer and he knows a couple of lawyers. He's a physiotherapist and he said you know he works with a few lawyers, so he is happy to provide references. Mm -hmm. And he sent me phone numbers of four lawyers on my WhatsApp. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I reached to all four of them. Three of them, one said, oh, you come and, uh, you know, two of them said, we don't have, uh, you know, room to take on another articling student. One said, oh, you can come and uh, work, but I won't be able to pay. Mm -hmm. And one of them said that, uh, why don't you just come and see me? and uh, let's meet and uh, you know have this conversation Mm -hmm. so i followed on that lead and uh, eventually you know i went and met him and then again he called me and that time i I, my solicitor exam was pending so at the first meeting he offered me help with the solicitors study material he said you know i'll help you with the exam material and uh, some sample papers and stuff that i have Mm -hmm. and then uh, he said that, oh, he did have it that day and he asked me to come in again to his office. So I went again to pick up the material and, you know, we kind of stayed in touch and eventually, you know, he happens to be my articling principal now.
0: Wow, that's funny how world how the world works, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, but I mean, I think it's a testament to the fact that, you know, you're driving Uber to help, pay the bills really but at the same time you have your eyes on the prize and if there's any opportunity to have a chat or a network or or tell people what you're up to I think people should take that advice you know like don't don't be shy to let people know what you're doing and don't be shy to ask for help (laughs) right like you got those numbers and you could you could have easily not reached out to those lawyers but you did Um, and obviously it worked out really well. And I think there's a lot of stories like that, you know, like if you, if you're in law school in Canada, um, you know, and you have on-campus interviews and you get a job on Bay Street, it's actually quite, um, a regimented process, but for internationally trained lawyers, it's anything but a regimented process. It's all over the place and articling and opportunities can crop up anywhere really so i think that's that's interesting um i'm happy that it worked out for you um and it's it's uh, just a testament to the fact that you, know, you never know what's gonna happen you never know who gets in your car or who you meet at the grocery store
1: very true and uh you know like when when, when you said bay street mm. uh i in fact uh, also happened to meet a few of the Managing partners of Bay Street law firms in Uber. <laughs>
0: and, there you go. Uh,
1: and you know, one, one of them I, I would not name now. But uh, the gentleman was kind enough to invite me over lunch uh-huh. twice. Once, you know, when I met and followed up on the conversation with him, he invited me over for a lunch. And second time was to celebrate my passing of the bar exams.
2: Wow! So
1: you know, I, I, and I'm in touch with him, and I have huge regards for the gentleman because uh, I I never really expected you know someone of that caliber, someone of that stature, and uh, with such a significant and illustrious legal career to Follow up on a conversation in Uber. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, like uh, if again, as you said, that okay, if you have your uh, long term goal in mind and uh, life provides you opportunities, I would say that yes, you should make the most out of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you never know, right? I think that's yep, that's uh, you're, you're a good testament to that. So, um in order to close this conversation, I think there's a lot of really interesting tidbits. First of all, um, exam advice, which is really, really valuable for students and learning from other people, you know. and then networking in different ways. Networking doesn't necessarily happen in a boardroom with a glass of wine. It can happen in an Uber <laughs> or, like I said, at a grocery store or in a WhatsApp group. There's all kinds of ways. And now that you're articling, and I think you're almost done your articling term, what what kind of you know have you allowed yourself to look too far ahead? Do you have future aspirations? Do you know what you'd like to do, let's say, in five years?
1: Yep. Uh, Well, the law firm that where I am articling is uh, we are now specializing in real estate law, Mm -hmm. and uh, we also do take up. Cases on immigration law.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, one of the principals is a very fierce litigator.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I personally believe that I have a lot to learn from uh, them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, once I'm done articling, uh, which is at, towards the end of this year, I am expecting my call to the bar in Jan 2021.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, once I get licensed, I intend to continue working at the firm where I am right now. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a small firm. So the, the, but then there's a huge potential of growth mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, like, um, I, I believe that as the firm grows, I will also grow with them. And, uh, I, uh, I am looking at uh, exploring areas of immigration law or corporate litigation
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, which is what I look forward to learn from my mentors. And yeah, I, I see myself working at the same firm for a few years before you know, like to de- before deciding if I'm going to open up my own firm.
0: Right. Yeah, no, that sounds good. You know, learning and, and honing your craft and your skills is important. So if you have a good environment, a good opportunity to do that there, then why not? Right. Why not take advantage of that? Yeah, that sounds good. So um, now the final question and one that I did not send you in advance (laughs) just to see, you know, a a little bit of candor is um, given your experiences in Canada when you arrived to where you are now, the ups and the downs, quitting your job, starting with Uber and everything. but given where you are now, I wonder: Would you do this all again?
2: Well, uh, <laughs> if 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 I
1: have to, I will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, at the uh, it's again, it's 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 all it's all about how you know how much of something is what you want, or like, I if I if I were to say how badly you desire something or how badly you want it, you know. Mm-hmm. and uh, if if everything is taken away and if i have to do this again mm-hmm. to get this yes i will because you know like i i, I believe that i have a fighter in me
2: mm-hmm.
1: who doesn't really want to give up that easy so, yeah, I, I will go after it tooth and nail again if I
0: have to. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's no walk in the park. It's not easy. Um, if you want it easy, you just, you know, do, do something else. Um, but uh, I think it's, it sounds like it's been really rewarding. And you, you have a young family. And so I'm sure the inspiration behind wanting to provide, you know, uh, a great life and lifestyle for them is, is also Fueling that fighter in you.
1: <laughs> well, yep, very true. And uh, you know, I mean, uh, yes, like I, uh, I, legal career is very rewarding. Not not just in terms of, uh, when I say rewarding, not just in terms of monetary sense, but it is also rewarding and personally satisfying and fulfilling to see that you are able to give back to the society. You know, to, to see that you're able to help people uh, in. In uh, in dire times, mm-hmm. and uh, that that satisfaction is way more than the you know monetary satisfaction. Money will anyways come with the profession, but that sense of giving back to the community, the sense of giving back to the society, the sense of being able to reach out and help someone is far more uh, uh, you know rewarding than anything else.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, it sounds great, Abe. And um, I really appreciate your time. I know, you know, you've got young kids there. It's the weekend. Um, Unfortunately, the weather here in the GTA isn't great, but hopefully uh, you can get out and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Um, Thank you so much for taking some time to to speak with me. And I hope, uh, obviously, I hope the listeners learned a lot.
1: Thank you, Anton. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, again, on a parting note, I would be sending you the WhatsApp link very soon. Sure. And uh, I, and if there are any listeners with any queries or anything and you feel that I might be able to assist them, I'll be more than glad to do so.
0: Perfect. Great. Thank you, Abe.
1: Thank you, Anton. And have a great day ahead.
0: that does it for episode 13. I hope everybody enjoyed learning about Harvey's journey from from India to Australia working in the international education sector and then moving back to India in order to pursue his dream as well as pursue what sounds like you know, something quite near and dear to his family's heart, almost a centuries long um, grouping of lawyers in that family which is pretty amazing um, and the first to enter Canada in 2017. He came here with his two young children and his wife in order to start a life here. And he's done, you know, really amazing work to be where he is three years into his journey here, articling. And um, I know that the sky's the limit for him. And I'll include, obviously, in this podcast episode um, description, uh, an invitation for you to connect with him via email or LinkedIn so that you can learn more from him and connect with him on a personal level. Thanks very much for listening and until next time, we'll speak again.